As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. You know, and it's funny, it seems like, and we all have probably all have stories like this, oftentimes we get the answer. I mean, the answer comes, it doesn't necessarily look like what we thought it was going to look like. And then it's like, wait a minute, that wasn't what I had planned. And then when you look at it, it just becomes this so much more wonderful uh, outcome as we ever could have even imagined. Mm. And so, and I don't think any of us, you know, are entitled to that. It's just a wonderful extra grace that we get. And, you know, and we just can't, you know, we can't outgive, you know, we can't outgive uh, the Lord. And so it's just, you know, it's just cool how the way that works. And I've seen it work so many times in the lives of others, in our life. And, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just a wonderful, you know, it's just a wonderful process the way it happens for those of us that understand that God has called us to do his work, period. And everything else kind of falls however it falls. So true. Do you ever struggle with trusting him on those things? Or are you just so far past that? You know, you're like, he's come through every single time. So why would I even worry? Yeah. So no, no, I'm not there yet. Um, No, I'm not there. Uh, I would like to be. I don't. I don't know that I'll be there before, you know, hopefully I join him at the banquet table. So I don't. Um, I think that, I think what you're describing is, uh, I think that's, a uh, you know, uh, Lombardi said, you know, strive for perfection, settle for excellence. And so that's kind of what I try to do. I try to strive to do, you know, to do whatever it is that I think the Lord's calling me to do. And then I just know that I'm, you know, I, I love the, you know, the name of this, you know, of this podcast. I mean, I'm broken. Um, and I just know that, and I know that I'm broken and I'm going to do the best that I can, you know, on a day-to-day basis to do the work and, you know, and it's going to be whatever it's going to be. And so God, God knows me, knows what I'm capable of. He gives me the strength to do it. And I just try to go out and do it. Um, and so that's cool. That's an honest answer. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like, and I know you can relate to this too, you know, you, you, you pull up the passage uh, about David, you know, this ruddy little shepherd and, you know, hey, is that, you know, is that all your, Jesse, is, is that all of them? Oh, no, there's this one. He's kind of little and he's out and he's the, you know, he's kind of the runt. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, send him, you know, so he doesn't, he doesn't look like, you know, what, what all of us have in mind as far as that warrior. But the, the, the answer to your question, coach, is when I think about what he did, you know, he picks up a sling and picks up the rock because Goliath and his people are out there, you know, spouting nonsense and they're, you know, and they're blaspheming, you know, mm. our God, his God. And he's like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and he charged him and he went after him and he, uh, you know, and he knew that because he had God as, uh, you know, as his ally, as his friend, as his um protector he knew that the outcome was kind of you know predetermined yep. and uh and so i just i i love the 
I don't think confidence is the right word. I just, I love the awareness mm-hmm. that when we, you know, when we do that, when we allow ourselves to do that, and it's so hard, you know, when we allow ourselves to do that 50% or 80% or whatever that, you know, whatever it is that we're able to achieve, you know, I, I just, you know, it's that, you know, it's that, it's, it's that rushing the battlefield, you know, knowing that God is, you know, standing right there with you. And so, you know, and then we lift it up and, you know, we just, we just kind of remember, I mean, my, my daughter gave me something, gosh, probably 10 years ago, she sent me the picture of this little hand-drawn crown. And she said, uh, she said, remember that you are the child of a king. And on your worst day, you're a child of a king. And I went, Yep. Still a prince, right? <laughs> it's so- powerful. It's powerful. You know, going back to David, um, great imagery, right? You know, he shows up on the battlefield. He's like, I'm defending my father's honor. Yep. Right? And, uh, you know, he's called to obedience. He's called to bring a sling, bring a rock, and launch it. That's it. And then rely on God for the destination of the rock. Yep. Where that stone lands and the outcome of it, he probably didn't know that he's going to drop this giant. Yep. yep. He's just following like, pick this up, swing it as hard as you can, David. So, okay, God, it's going to be a wild throw. I'm going to need a curve on this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and it, the Bible doesn't say, you know, the stone yep. went straight. <laughs> Hundred percent. It could have like went off to the right, circled back, and clocked a, a Goliath, you know, right in the temple. I don't know, it, but it, it, you know, that's it, how it, I feel sometimes. And hundred percent. And I and what you just said, Coach, reminds me of I, I read uh, I read John Paul the Great, uh, the book that uh, I, I, was it Jason Everett that wrote. I think and, so. Uh, and, and it's a great book. And one of the things in there, he talks about when he was shot. You know, when the when the when the assassin uh, fired and hit him and the all of the doctors were just stunned. I mean, they were just baffled with the location of the bullet and where it went and all that. And they said, you know, really, really, you should be dead. And uh, and he was very confident in his belief that the Blessed Mother, Mm -hmm. you know, if somebody's going to do that, you know, free will, you know, the blessed mother grabbed a hold of that bullet, you know, and, and directed the path of that bullet. And again, you look at the outcome, you know, I don't think he would have chosen to get shot, mm-hmm. but you look at the outcome of that. And the outcome was he healed and then he went to the prison and he forgave that man. That's right. And, and I think the lesson of forgiveness there was just a beautiful lesson. But, the, you know, the, the same way that God was directing the stone uh, of David to Goliath, he was directing the trajectory of the bullet. And, you know, for me, the kind of the, the, the take home pay in that, the lesson in that is that you just got to, you know, we got to throw the stone, you know, and we also have to accept that we're going to take a bullet, but that, you know, whether we're on, I guess, offense or defense, you know, in, in something like that, you know, we just have to trust that whatever it is um, that happens is part of the part of the grand plan, you know, and I think our, um, you know, our, our trusting that is, is the way, I mean, it, it reminds me, uh, I, I think I, brought this up in my talk, there's something called Ignatian indifference. Hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know about the rules of Ignatius and, and some people really like those from the, from the Jesuits. And, and I'm in, I'm going through the book right now, discernment of spirits mm-hmm. to try to help me understand things in a little bit of a different way. But Ignatian indifference is a true indifference to what God's plan is. And to and to be open to whatever that is, you know, I mean, I, right now, I, I mean, you heard my talk, you know, whatever, a month ago or wherever it was, you know, right now, we've got a couple things going on in our business. And it's one path or another path, and they're two very different paths. And instead of me sitting there going, gosh, I, I 
really hope it's this path, you know, because maybe I'll make a little more money on this path than the other path. It's being completely open uh, to whatever God decides is the right path. And so, and, and I don't know what that is. And I honestly, I don't have, I don't have any, uh, uh, I'm not pulling for one or the other. It's just, Lord, you know, wh whichever path it is, is the path. And I'm, and I'm fine with that. And I think it's, it's, it's the same, you know, sickness, health, prosperity, uh, you know, failure, all of the, all of the things that happen in our life. I mean, I had a six months ago, I had a knee replacement. Mm. I, I didn't want to go through that, you know, but again, I go back to uh, St. John Paul's book and one of the things they talked about, have, have you read it? I haven't read that one. No, it's a great book. I mean, really, really worth the read. One of the things they talked about is they said when the, the people that worked with him, they said, look, don't put 300 people in wheelchairs in the front you know, put 10, because if you put 10, he's going to go uh, shake hands and say hello to all 10 of them. Hmm. And then we'll move on to what's next. If you put 300 in front, he's going to go shake hands with all 300 of them, do a prayer, and he's going to ask them to lift up, you know, to lift up the pain is a sacrifice the way Christ lifted up his pain for us as a sacrifice. And, and, and so it's that. And so I I learned that and I spoke to a priest and some other people. And so when I went through that, I didn't want to go through the knee replacement, but I lifted it up as a sacrifice and the pain. And so it was easier when I'm going through rehab as I'm just praying through it and praying through, you know, play, praying my rosary, praying whatever. It's just, okay, Lord, this, this really hurts. I mean, <laughs> really, really hurts, but it's okay because this is your will of how things are today. And I'm, and, and thank you for everything, you know, thank you for, uh, I was listening in, to the radio a little bit earlier in the song, thank you for the scars came on mm. and uh, you know, what a great, you know, what a great song. And it's just to, it's just celebrating because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm here for 80, 90 years, however many, you know, however many years and I'm 62 year, uh, years into that at some point, all that, all that goes away. So, you know, so it's, and I got to, so, you know, so I got to earn my way uh, up to, you know, up to the banquet table. And it's pretty clear how we do that. And so just, it's, it's just kind of that. I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's simple, but not easy. Yeah, I agree. Greg, you know, giving purpose to your pain uh, gives you the power to endure through it. Don't you agree? I do. Right? Like having no purpose to the pain makes you feel like a victim and you fall into despair and hopelessness depending on how long it lasts. And it, this is the power of our faith, right? Uh, so we're speaking with, uh, Greg, we're just going to jump right into it here, man, because you're just talking, bro. Uh, yeah. So we're speaking with Greg Sossaman, and Greg Sossaman is the CEO of Ice Cream For You International, LLC. Uh, he runs Topper's Craft Creamery. He's a master licensee for Starbucks Corporation. Uh, he's author of the book, Inside the Box, The Power of Complementary Branding. And I met him at a Christian uh event here locally in Tampa, Florida that my buddy host and uh, Greg had such a witness story. Uh, I mean, we all have one, but the way he presented his was such uh, just grace and humility and glorifying God through the story. Like it was such an example that, you know, I share so often on this show, like, Hey, it's not your story, but it's God's story told through your life for the purpose of bringing people back to God. Like, that's it. That's it. Don't take credit for it. You know, and so many times you want to take credit. You know, I did this and I survived this. No, you really didn't. <laughs> you know, you just finally stopped getting in the way of God, right? Yeah. And then his plan was fulfilled in your life. So I wanted to bring Greg on the show and just share that story with UBC Nation because you're going to be inspired in your own life. Now, as you've seen, I started uh, completely different this show because Greg just started sharing about, you know, having and developing the trust of King David, you know, and just showing up obedient to God and throwing the stone, but not knowing where it's going to land on Goliath. Uh, 
or what impact it's going to have. What's the outcome? You know, he didn't know all that. He's just a shepherd tended sheep. And now he's in front of this giant who's blaspheming his father in heaven. And he said, enough. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm going to stand against you, right? And this is what God calls us to do, BC Nation, is to stand up as salt and light in the darkness as it's overwhelming and coming at you and you're scared and you're fearful to stand and say, I'm not scared of you, darkness. Do you see who's behind me? Yes. The one who created you is behind me. You got nothing on me. And on my worst day, as Greg said so well, his daughter said so well, is... is on your worst day, you are still a child of the king of the universe. You are still a prince. You are still a princess, even when you don't feel like it. And this is what the enemy wants you to forget, so that you feel weak against him rather than empowered, that the entire kingdom of heaven is standing right with you. Like, imagine that. If you actually believe that, all our Protestant and Catholic brothers and sisters listening right now, imagine if you actually believed what you say you believe on Sunday when you go to church. And you believe that you are a son or daughter of God and that he's got your back. And he's standing there right with you in every circumstance of your life, including the miserable ones, the painful ones. Imagine if you actually believed it with all your heart. How would you show up different in those circumstances? For real. It would yeah. be different, right? Night and day. Yeah. And this is our human brokenness. This is our human frailty. This is why we need God. And I loved what you said about faithful indifference. I'm going to put that name to it. You said Ignatius indifference. But, uh, you know, faithfully showing up faithfully indifferent to God's path for your life. Yes. Yes. It's just a... It's it's do I take the path on the left or do I take the path on the right? And both of them lead in different directions. And, and it's having the faith and the trust to say, Lord, where do I go? Which one do I go? And then having a process in place to to hear when the Holy Spirit says, here's where I need you to go. And then to be open to that. And, and the other thing that I think that's interesting, Coach, is that you, you, you may think, oh, you, you may go down the left. God's calling me to go down the left. And I think when I start down that path, that I'm going down and I'm going to get to a point that I know what that looks like. And I think the cool part about it is just being uh, accepting and, you know, and, and appreciating the, the grace and the reality that where I end up getting to may not be what I was looking at where I started. And so God took me on the left, but it didn't go to the house or the place or the whatever destination I thought it was going to be. It was a much different place, but a much better place. You know, than than what have I, you know, what I could even have imagined uh, for us, and so, and I think it's being open to that, and just really listening through a discernment and prayer process, and, and you gotta, you you gotta talk to them. I mean, I think it's uh, part of part of what I think is really important is it's not knowing about God. I mean, I, I've known, I know a lot of people that can quote scripture all day long, you know, oh, this is from Isaiah, this is from Matthew, this is from uh, Acts of the Apostles, and they can spout off scripture. And, and don't get me wrong, I think that's great. But but for me, and I think what I believe all of us are called for is not to know about God, we need to know God. Mm. And and I think it's the, it, it's the, the, the metaphor I, I used in my talk is I, I ask uh, somebody in the room, if we spent an hour a day together and we did that for a month, at the end of the month, would we be closer? You know, you can use the word intimate. Would we be more emotionally and potentially intellectually intimate? And, and I think the answer to that is yes. And so now do that for a year and now do that for 10 years and think about what is an hour or a half hour? Do we have time? Do we make time to do a holy hour each day, you know, to talk and to listen or a half hour? How much time 
are we spending to know God and 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 to just really connect? And I and I think that's kind of that's kind of it. And that's what I try to do is I just try to listen and, and hear what he's telling me to do and which path he's telling me to go down, knowing that I don't need to know. One of the one of the catchphrases from the talk, I don't need to see around the corner. I need to see the one who sees around the corner. And I think that's what that's what I try to do on my daily basis. I just need to connect with the one. Mm. BC Nation, I know this resonates with you right out the gate. A lot of these points are resonating with you. They're hitting you in the heart, but your head's blocking, right? Your head always loves to block with reason and logic immediately. You're like, an hour a day? I don't have an hour a day. Do you know how important I am, Greg? Do you know how busy I am? I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. Well, then you're playing God, aren't you? Yeah. That's the problem in your life is exactly that. It, a holy hour doesn't mean, you know, it's from, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. A holy hour can be 7 to 7.07. And then from, you know, 8.53 to 9.03. And so you get seven minutes here and five minutes there and two minutes here. You know, I, I, what oh, if Greg, the, don't don't give us a way out. Come on. You're going to make this easy. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it, I, I, easy, easy, probably not. I'll make it simple. You know, easy is a, easy is a different thing. Easy is just getting into that routine. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to fill my coffee cup, you know, if I, if I'm sitting at my desk and I'm going to fill my coffee cup, do I do the Hail Mary, you know, and I know I can get up from my desk, walk into the break room pour my coffee, put in my cream or sugar or nothing and then walk back to my desk. And in that time, I can do four Hail Marys. Or right. I can do... So for, for all our Protestant listeners out there, just so you know, a Hail Mary is not uh, idolatry, okay? It is <laughs> literally focusing your mind, right? Mental prayer on the mysteries of the life of Jesus. On the mysteries of the life of Jesus. So even though it's... You know, you're speaking with Mary. Mary, as a mother, always points to her son, always points to her son. And anyone who tries to bypass Jesus and just go to Mary as the end state, well, that's idolatry. That's wrong. And that is not what Catholicism teaches by any means. Now, sure, there's a few people out there. I've met a few of these people (laughs) that they're like, oh, you know, I just, I resonate with Mary way more than Jesus. I just love Mary. She's my girl. You know, she, she just gets me. But Jesus is a little intimidating. And, and Lord knows I stay away from God the Father, man, because I don't want to just get smited, you know, to dust. And it's like, all right, right there, you got all types of spiritual baggage going on and, and dysfunction. And you need to go sit with Jesus and ask him to heal you from that. Because yeah. that's that's a whole lot of messy mess, okay? And that that is not what we're talking about. So, Greg, I just want to jump in there, right? Because hold, hold on, let me let me yeah. let me just real quick and, and thank you for that clarification. And so, because there are, you know, it's a I, I talk to Jesus as a friend, you know. So you're making that same trip on the coffee, Lord. You know what? How are you today? You know, and and thank you for being here. And man, I'm having this issue with. You know, with the person that's sitting at the desk next to me, you know, or, you know, Lord, I, you know, I, I probably said something to my wife or my child that probably wasn't the right thing to say. And, you know, next time help me to, you know, help me to have the discipline to, uh, you know, to, to not do that. And Lord, just, you know, just help me, you know, give me your, give me your spirit, give me your strength when I get home tonight to give my wife and my kids a kiss and the energy to go out and play soccer in the backyard or to watch my little girl do cartwheels, you know, for her ballet. And and he will give us that. He, he gives us that. And so it's just, it's just talking all day, you know, throughout the day, you know, if somebody, if somebody cuts you off, Lord, pray for that person. Hopefully they're okay because maybe they're in a hurry to get to the hospital or they forgot to pick their, 
child up and they were trying to save their child from a feeling of desperation or abandonment because they mm. forgot and they're 20 minutes late to pick them up. So I, I just think it's, it's just, you just got to think about blessings. So anything you see, bless that person, bless that person. And so if I'm in the grocery store line and I see a lady that's got four kids or a person that's got four kids and they're struggling because they're, these are four very high energy kids and they can just tell they're <laughs> exasperated, just Lord, you know, give them a strength for this to let them get out to the car to get them buckled in to their car seats and the groceries put away. So it's just all, it's just going all day long and getting that hour with Jesus. And, and maybe it's only three to six or seven minutes at a time, but it's just all day long. It's like, I mean, we, and, and here's a great metaphor. We all have, you know, the person that's closest to us. And how many times throughout the day do we text them? Maybe it's text them just a little emoji with a, a kiss or a heart or a thumbs up or a fist bump. And we're thinking about them all day long. And so are we giving the same consideration mm. to Jesus? Mm. Are we giving them, am I, am I sending Jesus texts all throughout the day with a kiss or a fist bump, you know, or a heart? And uh, and just saying, you know, or, you know, or a high five for thank you. Mm, so good. Now, I just want to jump in here for uh, some of our listeners that think that this is enough. And, and let me clarify what I mean here. OK, what Greg is talking about <laughs> is how to maintain the intimacy that we've started in our relationship with God. Yeah. But so many of us forget to go spend the quality time in the beginning and actually really get to know the one we love and the one who loves us, God himself, by going a mile deep and an inch wide. And here's what I mean by that, okay? If your whole relationship from the beginning of time, you were saved, you were converted, whatever, you were baptized, but you've never spent like an hour, a consistent hour, 60 minutes on the clock, not getting up, sitting with the one you love, getting to know them and let and revealing more of who you are to them, then you're not going to have that foundation for this lifelong relationship. For all you married people out there, as an example, right? Imagine, you know, you started your relationship for, you know, with your spouse, uh, but you never spent time like digging into real questions, right. like who they are, what matters to them, uh, where they're headed, what they've been through and taking the time to do it. But you only showed up in, uh, you know, two minute clips, 60 minute, uh, 60 second clips, etc. And that was the foundation of your relationship. Well, now your relationship has always been and will always be a mile wide and an inch deep. Right. And this is important to understand. So, Greg, I'm not uh, going against or challenging anything you're saying. I'm just saying there's a proper order to this. Make sure, BC Nation, you go spend the time up front and court, date, get to know, spend time with, and that means a lot of time, yeah. with God. And let him heal you and pour into you. And then from there, once your life gets busy again, etc., yes, do all the check-ins and do your hour over the course of a day. But if you skip the first thing, you got no foundation, people. Yeah, and I've got it. And and that, you know, and this is funny that we're doing this because you know, just for the for the group, you and I didn't play in this coach, but what you just said about the relationship and about the marriage and about courting and how to develop that. So my wife and I went to a five love languages seminar with Dr. Gary Chapman. And Good stuff. You know, if you're married, you've probably heard about this. And if you haven't heard about this, you might be struggling in your marriage. So go, go hear about it. Amen. And so, but, but, you know, it applies to Jesus. There yes. are five love languages. There is quality time. And you know what? Sometimes that's just sitting without talking, you know, on a walk or, you know, taking the dog out. You don't have to talk. You're just together. And, and there's that there's that connection without words. And so and then the next one is uh, physical touch. And so that's a you know, you, you like to have a hug. So maybe I'm giving maybe I'm giving Jesus a hug, although I can't physically do that man i sure can emotionally do that and then there's validation 
You know, we, we tell our spouse, I love you. You know, my wife, Donna, I love you. Every single time we talk to our children or grandchildren, every single time in person or on the phone, as we're leaving or as we're ending the call, it's always, I love you. And it's that validation. And, and every day for me, so I went to, you know, I went to mass uh, earlier today and I told Jesus, I loved him a bunch of times. When I'm in church, when I'm in my office, when I'm in my car, I say it constantly, constantly. And then gifts, you were talking about gifts. So what do we give? So all of us, you know, suffering, Bible, suffering, we give suffering, we give, you know, we give, we have to support the church. So we, you know, we donate to our church and this is not the, I call it the sermon on the amount. And so it's not, you know, it's that, but that's part of what we're asked to do is to, is to sacrifice some of our resources to do that. And then lastly is acts of service. You know, what are we, Works you know, what mercy, are we right? doing with our time to do, to do God's work and to do what it is that he's asking us. But to me, man, those five, That's you know, so those five love languages apply so, so directly to, to our relationship with our Lord as they do with our spouse and with our children. And in my case, my grandchildren, those love languages apply. That is so good, Greg. What a simple, I mean, you transmuted the, the five love languages, you know, for relationships, human relationships, and you transmuted it into our spiritual relationship with God. And, and you did it so clearly and simply, and it just makes sense. It really makes sense, right? And, and you know, we may not be all of those love languages, right? We have our dominant and secondary, our primary and secondary. And Jesus will speak to us in that way, right? The Father will speak yeah. to us in the way we need. But man, to really just show up and give all five to God, how cool is that? And, yeah. and it also takes away like I'm bored when it comes to praying. Well, you got five different ways now. There you go. To not be bored when you pray. <laughs> five yeah. different ways to love God. All right. So we're speaking with Greg and Greg, I want to uh, just, you know, make sure that we give your story enough time. I want you to tell God's story, the one that he's been telling through your life. And I want you to do it uh, in a much more consolidated version. Okay. Um, so we'll say 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. okay. Max. Um, right. and, and just give us the highlights, the, 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 the milestones, the markers, the message uh, that you shared in that, that talk here that I think really landed for a lot of people. And I want it, I want it to, to land for my audience today because you're coming on here. They're like, who's this guy? He's talking. They, he, what, Joseph didn't even introduce him. What kind of podcast is this? Well, it's a really good one. And it's number one in the world. But anyway, you know, minus all that, uh, you know, I just want to have real talk with Greg here. But Greg, I want my listener to know okay. that it always, your life always didn't look this good. Yeah, no, no, it didn't. And so, you know, I the the talk that I have, and, and Coach, I'll shorten it up uh, as best I can. I'll try to keep it around 10. I actually pulled it up on my other screen, so I just kind of uh, had that ready. But it, it's really, there really are, you know, it's it's about who I was, what changed that, and then who I'm trying to be today. Um, and so at, at 15, I lost my dad, uh, in a car accident. I was raised by a single mom. I have a brother and a sister, older brother, younger sister. I, I don't remember being mad at God. Um, you know, I, I've believed in God my whole life, but for me, it was transactional. Prayer was transactional. God, if you give me this, you know, if I was in trouble, God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. And I looked at him like a vending machine. I mean, I put in, and I took out. And so, and I had more days without him uh, than with him. And so it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, I got a joke about it. It's kind of like I am with exercise. You know, I know it's important, but I haven't committed. <laughs> so, you know, I do it without, you know, I do it, uh, or I don't do it more days than I do, but, you know, but I'm so grateful, uh, you know, to God for thinking of me, even when I wasn't uh, thinking of him. And so a lot of my story, who I was, man, I, after losing my dad, I, maybe I felt like I had something to prove. And so I don't know, but I was obsessed uh, with success, just obsessed. And it was all about me. It was about me and money and power and, and ego and pride and, and sex. 
I looked at humility as a weakness. I mean, in my life at that time, my wife and kids took a back seat uh, to my work and my climbing the ladder. I mean, my, my trinity was me, myself, and I. And I said that the reason I was doing that is I wanted to provide a great life for my family. And I, and I did, uh, and I do, but I think it was more about people looking at me going, man, he's the smartest guy in the room and he's a successful guy. And I just kind of realized that the ladder I was climbing was leaning up against the wrong wall. Um, you know, I was building, I was kind of building a house in the wrong kingdom. Um, and my workaholism was so intense uh, my best friend and father-in-law actually had an intervention with me and said, I'm working 90, 100 hours a week. I actually had an intervention from two of the closest people to me in my life because of what a workaholic I was. And my buddy told me, he said, he said Greg, your son thinks his grandfather is his father because he sees him more than he sees you. Mm. And in, in, addition, in addition to being an absentee husband and father, when I was home, you know, I was everything I said to Donna was suggestive. It was all about kind of gaming for, hey, let's have intimacy, physical intimacy uh, later on. And uh, and and it was wrong. I think my mind was just in a in a wrong place. Uh, and I brought pornography uh, into our house as a substitute, you know, for some of the fantasies that I thought I wanted. And I and I and I want to make a comment on pornography. So I don't. I don't think Jesus was sitting around one day and goes, oh, I think I'll create pornography. You know, it is not from him. You know, you talked about uh, a little bit earlier, Coach, about when we, you know, when we, you know, allow, you know, allow evil to come into our lives. And I think that's exactly what happens is, you know, if we have porn on our phone, on our computer, on our TV, on our laptop, that is in our house with our spouses and with our children. And if you're doing that, you, you just got to stop. I, I, and, and there's something, I, there's a little piece from a book that I read called The Imitation of Christ. And it's, a, and it's a good book. And so I'm going to read that right now. It says, and this is really important. We must be especially alert against the beginnings of temptation. But the enemy is more easily conquered if he has refused admittance to the mind and is met beyond the threshold when he knocks, resist the beginnings. Remedies come too late. When by long delay, evil has gained strength. That's the end of the quote. So, I mean, first, a thought comes to the mind, then strong imagination, pleasure, delight, and consent. We have to resist Satan at the beginning. If I'm 60 and I've been looking at porn my whole life, it's a lot harder to get rid of it then if I'm 15 and I went, oh, we know right and wrong, but the longer we allow it to stay with us, the more difficult it is to get rid of it. Um, and, and you know what? And I talked about ego and porn and workaholic and self-centered and all that. And I'm sure a bunch of the folks that are listening can relate to some or all of those, you know, maybe, maybe even more. And then to continue my story, I was active in church. I was active on committees. I chaired a bunch of very important committees. I did the things, the actions that I saw my wife's father do. And I was really good at giving God my hands, but I didn't give him my heart. Matthew 21 says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. And so I think that that passage says a lot to me. I was saying and doing the right things, but I didn't know him. And so I think that's it. And then I had my, uh, I, I had my, Revelation, everybody has a point where you feel like, you know, you just sit down and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I had mine on a mission trip. And I felt like God said, Greg, I, I want you to stop being the man that you want to be and start being the man that I want you to be. 
And I need you to do that. And my first start was an 11 page handwritten letter to my wife apologizing for my workaholism and all and my ego and my pride and all the things that created a very difficult environment for her. Because when we got married almost 38 years ago, that's not what I promised her. And, you know, and then I looked at myself personally and I was distancing myself from Jesus. He wasn't distancing himself from me. It was it was me. And uh, Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. I opened my door and I started my journey. I started reading books. I started trying to get to know about him. So that way then I would know him. And so every day today, man, I'm just, it's, it's something new to, to connect. How do I, uh, you know, how do I, how do I do that? How do I connect? Um, I want to share a story about reconciliation. And before I do that, I'm going to read uh, a verse from Matthew 9, 28 to 30. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him and Jesus said to them, do you believe I can do this? Yes, Lord, they said to him. Then he touched their eyes and said, let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. And, you know, and, and for me, my the story that I have is our son at that time came to my wife and I and said, I'm an addict. And I've been struggling smoking pot every day for six years. I need your help. <laughs> and he got help. And we helped him find the right person to do that. And he went and he talked to a priest. And then we found the right counselor, the right rehab counselor, who has since become one of my closest friends as we go through that. He was a uh, he's a, a, a Protestant minister and a, 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 a deacon. He was a deacon in the Baptist church where truly one of my very best friends. And so, you know, for me, it was knowing that, you know, Lord, and their eyes were opened. And so, Lord, touch my eyes. I believe, I believe that you can touch my eyes and they'll be opened. Uh, and so as I introduce myself, so time-wise, five more minutes? Too long? That's fine, yeah. Okay. I'm a, uh, I've been married 38 years in May. I have four kids, two by birth, and we have two by marriage. We have 11 grandchildren under the age of nine. And people go, wow. But four of those are at the banquet table with my buddy Jesus. Uh, and my wife and I pray together for them every day. We know that they're advocating for us from heaven. We hope they're the little angels that are that are on the other side. And I very much look forward to meeting those four little curly-headed kids after I close my eyes for the last time. I'm hoping they're uh, standing there to greet me and say, hey, Papa. But for me, the greatest comfort that I have is I know, I know when those four babies that miscarried when they opened their eyes for the first time the face they saw was the face of jesus and so just i and you introduced me really well um you know one of the things and i actually had this uh, conversation yesterday with a guy that's the uh, a c-level executive with a huge company one of the things i talk about is at my funeral when they do my eulogy, I don't think anybody's going to talk about how many Starbucks we had or how many ice cream shops or how much money I made. I don't think anybody cares. People are going to talk about, you know, being on the floor and playing with my grandkids. We're going to talk about doing morning prayers and night prayers together with my children and my grandchildren. You know, we're going to talk about we never ended a conversation, whether it's in person or on the phone, without saying, I love you. And so it's kind of one of those, what do you want said uh, in your eulogy? And so the last thing I want to talk about uh, is prayer with my wife. It was very, very difficult. We pray together now every night. And the way we started is at the five love languages seminar, 
Dr. Chapman said, if you're not praying with your wife, nothing else matters. But it's a hard thing to start, man. And, and, and you know, it's, especially if you've got a personality where maybe one's a control person or whatever. But there's a lot of reasons that people don't do it. He said, listen, at night, when you go to bed, hold hands. Don't say anything. Just hold hands. Just start holding hands. And when one person says amen, then you're done. And you each pray quiet, quietly and silently, and then you say amen. And then you let that be that first step. And then maybe you find a prayer that everybody likes. Maybe it's the Lord's Prayer. You do the Our Father together. And then maybe it's 30 seconds. And then however long later, then it turns into something else. And today, my wife and I do a couple of readings out of a couple of different books. And then we always do a prayer. And on the Odd days, it's her prayer day. And on the even days, it's my prayer day. And we pray for the things that are important to us for that day or for what's happening. Maybe it's a good night's sleep. But we're always praying for the highest and best and all the prayer intentions that come to us. And so if you are not praying with your spouse, you need to start. Now, if you're a teen or you're dating somebody or a college person or at a college, is this the right person for me? You know what? Can you pray together? You know, are you praying together when you're dating? And you know what? If you're doing that, you're probably with the right person. Mm. Because you're saying that your relationship with Christ and talking to him is more important than anything else. And you're doing that early, knowing that he's going to, you know, he's going to put you where you need to be. And so prayer together, I think, is critical. So that's all. I'll, I'll, I'll stop it there. That was awesome, Greg. Thank you for sharing your you heart with us uh, so transparently. Uh, I couldn't agree more with uh, praying with your spouse. Um, you know, I think as husbands, all us, all of us men out there, uh, we don't realize the power uh, that we've been given as men, the spiritual power, as mm -hmm. le spiritual leaders of our homes, uh, not just to bless our children, which I know many uh, fathers don't even know they can do mm -hmm. and they wonder why their kids are going at, in a different direction. Well, that's a lot of it. Uh, all throughout the Bible, Old Testament especially, you saw fathers passing on their fatherly blessing to their children. And it came with a lineage and power from God, from heaven above. So fathers, if you're not doing that, please start doing that. Bless your children every single night. Uh, it was interesting. Um, I had a buddy over. Uh, you know, we had a party for my uh, three-year-old daughter, um, birthday party, and uh, he was over here with his little daughters who are also her age. And my wife brings out, you know, my babies when it's time for them to go to bed, even if I'm smoking a cigar and having port with the guys, which I do. <laughs> and uh, you know, I put I put it down, and uh, you know, it's time for blessing, mm -hmm. and the children. My two children now will not go to bed without daddy giving their blessing, and uh, which is so beautiful to me, right? So I bless them publicly in front of everyone, I, right? And why? Because I want to be salt and light, yep. right, for others. And so it's not to, like a pat on the back. It's just, no, I'm just doing what I do every night, regardless of you're here or not. But if you're here, I'm not going to stop it, right? So right. I, I just do it publicly. And, you know, he commented after. He was like, dude, that was beautiful, man. Like... I, I should start doing that with my daughters. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me tell you why. And, and I said it this way. I think I said, um, a father's blessing uh, is the found nightly blessing, right? Is the foundation that your children will stand upon as adults for the rest of their lives. So bless them. That's their foundation. And without that fatherly blessing, you know, there's cracks, there's, it's, they're imbalanced, right? As they, they begin uh, their life as adults. So start doing that. And then for you husbands out there, did you know you could bless your wife? You could bless your wife and, and make that part of the prayer, uh, your nightly prayer that Greg is inspiring you to do. If you haven't done that every night, I, I hold hands on my wife's forehead and I bless her. Yep. Right. And, and I pull down the authority of heaven that's been given to me, the Adam, right? To bless my Eve, to bless my wife. And, uh, and man, I'll tell you, she smiles every single time. 
Yep. And, Even if and, she didn't like me that day, <laughs> she smiles because <laughs> she loves it. Thank she you for it. saying that because I do the same thing. And I, and I bless my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And if we're, and, and it's, uh, you know, and if we're, if my daughter and her husband, you know, drive down, they're kind of crazy sometimes. They'll drive from Chicago to Tampa. Uh, and, uh, but man, when they leave, when my son and his wife leave and they live three miles away, I put my hand on the hood of the car and I offer a blessing because my, um, you know, in, in, you know, in, in the, you know, in the marriage, you know, the two, the, it, it's the two become one, it's the wedding song. And so because I now have uh, my children have spouses through marriage, that blessing applies. Mm-hmm. But every time, every one of them, when they're in the car, I touch their head and I bless them. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And it's the, you know, you go back to the Old Testament mm-hmm. and God told through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the way through, he's like, I will not only bless you, I will bless your children and your children's children if you do what it is that I'm asking you to do. And it's simple, man. I mean, it's just simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. You know, honor God, follow, you know, honor your parents, follow the commandments. And it's just, a, I mean, it's, we don't, we don't have to reinvent, you know, there's no new rule book that's come down. It's the same one. And I just think we got to, you know, we got to read them and, you know, we got to read them and do what it is that we know uh, is the right thing that God is calling each of us to do. Amen to that. For a happy ending for that story with my buddy, uh, he started practicing doing the nightly blessing over his daughters. And okay. He's been doing it for a week and a half, Greg. And uh, I, I saw him the other night and, and he's like, hey, by the way, uh, I've been doing the blessing on my daughters. And I got to tell you, bedtime has gotten a lot easier. I was like, what do you mean? Tell me more. He goes, before my girls are just wild. They don't want to go to sleep, right? They're at that age. And he's like, now they calm down immediately when it's time for blessing. And I also, you know, he saw me speaking affirmations, speaking the love language of affirmations. You know, you are my precious daughter. You are my one and only. There's no one like you. God has a pl- a special destiny for your life, right? And I speak this way to my daughter. And man, every time she looks me dead in the eye, the rest of the prayer she does, the rest of the blessing. But when it's when I speak life into her, she just eyeballs me. She wants to know, is this real, Daddy? Am I really that person? Do mm-hmm. I have an amazing future ahead? So he's been doing that. And he says his daughters, they lock on his eyes when he does it. And they just hold still. Yep. And they just let daddy speak life into them. And then they go to bed peaceful, peaceful. This is what we're talking about. Why is that happening in his daughters and my kids? Why is there a physiological benefit impact if this isn't real? And, and so I am certain that after you've closed your eyes for the last time and your daughter is standing up, talking about you and the amazing impact that you made in her life. And guess what she's going to talk about? Guess what she's going to say? She's going to say, you know, I remember. I remember my dad, even when I was little and it carried out, it carried through. My dad always told me how important I was and how special I was. And he blessed me and validated me. And it was just, and that's, that strength is what allows you to move mountains, you know, to to have that. And, and I think most people are so desperate for that, but man, that's what they're going to talk about. That's what, that's what they remember. You know, my eulogy, my kids and my grandkids are going to say, Papa always said, or dad always said, I love you. Yeah. Always. And, and that's that's part of our legacy. Like that's that's what matters, people. It's not the size of your bank accounts. It's right. All this stuff fades. All the material riches. We're talking about the relationship riches, right? Yeah. Generational wealth. It's the people you're leaving behind and the people you're taking with you, right? Because of your example, they want to follow and live the way you lived. 
That's what legacy is. It's not who you leave behind or what you leave behind. It's who are you taking with you? Who are you taking with you? That's how I understand it. So we've been uh, speaking with Greg Sossaman. He's given uh, so much to us today, BC Nation. I hope you're as grateful to him as I am for his time. Unfortunately, we got to wrap this up, right? I'm sure he and I could talk all day here. Uh, but we're we're kind of somewhat uh, non-important businessmen, so we have things to do. And uh, so, Greg, uh, let's wrap this up with my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's okay. like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, now I'm nervous. Good. That's what I was hoping for. All right, Greg, what is your favorite thing about God? Just that, that he's there for me. Yeah. What is your least favorite thing about God? Maybe the uncertainty for a person that likes to know what's down the road. <laughs> you know, all, all those little control freaks out there like me, we got that. <laughs> We got that. All right. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with or struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Yeah, probably personally, probably the discipline to do a better job taking care of my body. Mm. Temple of the Holy Spirit. How's it looking, man? How's your temple? How's your temple, people? Temple, temple's a little, temple's a little too round. <laughs> He's like, I got graffiti on my walls, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you most afraid of, Greg? Um, I'm most afraid of not getting to heaven. That's a real fear. <laughs> what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Um, probably. You know what? The first thing pops into my head is probably procrastinating. Hmm. Okay, got it. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, not a whole lot comes to mind. I'm a little concerned with their um, their their being influenced by uh, outside factors. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing? This past, oh, you ready to answer that one? What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? That that He was there for me. He was standing right there, and I just didn't see Him. The entire army of heaven, people, is right <laughs> there with you. <laughs> Start your day that way. Yep. Everyone's gonna step out of the way, especially the enemy. And if yep. he doesn't walk over him, yep. What is a new habit you're going to create this year? What is it? What a new habit you're going to create this year? You know, I uh, I've been going to church uh, five day uh, Monday through Friday, and then on either Saturday vigil or Sunday. So I've been trying to go to church six days a week. Awesome. What's a bad habit you're going to break? I am going to break the habit of procrastination on uh, physical activity, uh, and uh, I am going to break the habit of overeating. Man, I got a guy for you if you want. I got a mentor. I got a coach. I lost 22 pounds of brown fat around the midsection in two uh, weeks. That's how good this guy is. Okay. Now, I did some work, and it kind of sucked, but it sucked <laughs> less every day, right? But I got the results. I've kept it off for a year and a half now and rocking it, man. So, Oh, wow. Anywho, now everybody's going to like dial me up like, hey, who's this hey, guy? Send me this guy. Yeah, send me this guy. Who's this contact guy? He's a miracle worker. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Father, husband, grandfather. And can I add, can I add one more? No. Should have, add, should have made it the first one. I should have started with disciple. Disciple, there you go. That's right. Can't give what you don't got, people. Yep. Go get filled up first, then pour into your families, and then into your business. Yep. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were before you uh, you spent time with God, man. And like you really got to know him, not know of him. Selfish. Broken. Workaholic. And that's why I do the show, Broken Catholic. Let's go. That was me. Yep. That was Greg. 
but not anymore. God can heal anyone wherever you are. Amen. Last question, Greg, if, uh, if you could come back to life, not reincarnation, but just, you know, hypothetical. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, your kids, your wife, and tell them only one piece of advice about real relationship with God. What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I would say spend more time in prayer. Pretty simple. You know, if you're spending a half hour, spend 45 minutes. If you're spending an hour, you know, Mother Teresa said, you know, I'd spend an hour a day in prayer. And she said on those days, it was just crazy. It was a circus. It was so, so busy. It couldn't, you know, it didn't have time to even breathe. Then I would spend two hours. <laughs> you know, almost every time I've done that, somehow when I went back into the, the workday and the storm, God multiplied my impact so that I didn't need as much time as I thought to clear out all the mess, put out all the fires. Yes. God will multiply your time like he did the fishes and the loaves if you give your first fruits of your time, your morning time to him. BC Nation, yes. did you catch that? If you didn't, replay that. All right, Greg, what is one homework assignment? What is one action uh, for BC Nation that they must take this week? Uh, to grow their relationship with God. We already know what you can say. Spend more time with him. What else? Yeah. Pray with your spouse or the person that is the most important person in your life. If you're dating or engaged, pray with them. Start now. Okay. For all of you out there that say, well, Greg, what if like my future wife, you know, for all you dudes, if my future wife gets offended if I ask her to pray. Well, then that's probably a hint. <laughs> pray pray for them and if they don't if they don't come around you're probably with the wrong person mm. now for all you spouses that have the your your spouse your spouse doesn't want to pray with you because maybe they they've turned away from god then do the exact same recipe that greg just suggested pray for them until they pray with you Pray for them until they pray with you and pray on behalf of them. You're one flesh. You can pray on behalf of your spouse. Did you know that? So if yes. they need healing, if they're battling addiction, if they're, they're completely resistant to God, then you can pray as if you are them for God to heal them. Did you know you had this superpower, all you spouses out there? I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't want us to know the gifts that God has given us. Yep. So that we occur weak and helpless. And, yep. Right? Like, it's so simple. Let's go. All right, Greg, uh, you've been a rock star, man. Uh, BC Nation, if you've enjoyed this episode with Greg, uh, would you give him, you know, a high five? And the way that looks is write a, a honest review uh, for Greg, about Greg, how he showed up, what impact he had for you, how God touched your life and heart today. Uh, you could do that at Apple Podcasts. You could do that at Stitcher.com. You could do that at BrokenCatholic.com, BrokenCatholic.com. Go write that review. If we like what you say uh, and it really resonates with the audience, um, we'll give you a shout out live on the show like I'm about to do for PD6753. PD6753. Uh, 53. Thank you for your five-star review. Uh, you wrote a great podcast for Catholics and Protestants alike. I agree. Um, the host, Joseph, is a dynamic speaker and brings a uh, great guest on his show. This is what it's all about. It's about the great guests, not about me. Stop writing, Joseph, in these comments, please. Um, uh, uh, PD 6753, I appreciate his authenticity and the guest and uh, energy and intellect. Thank you so much for your five-star review. Keep listening to the show. We can't do this without you. We do this for you so that we can all be in heaven with you someday. Greg Sossaman, where does BC Nation go to get in contact with you, find out more about you, get involved with you? They just want to connect with you, man. You really have spoken to them. Where do they go? What do you got for them? Huh. Um, I, I mean, I guess uh, my, my telephone number, my cell phone number. Oh, be careful here. Be careful here. You sure you want to do that? Email is safer. Okay. So I'll, I will give you my email. So I, uh, my, my, the, the best email to get me at is Greg, G-R-E-G, -E at, uh, this is my company email, at topperscreamery.com. 
Com. That's toppers, T is in Tom, O is in Ocean, P is in Paul, P is in Paul, E is in Edward, R is in Raymond, Y is in Yes. I'm sorry, T-O-P-P-E-R-S. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Yes. And then Creamery.com. We got it. The link will be in the show note. Uh, you know, you're like a military guy, man. He's like, S is in Sam, F is in Franco. Like, let's go. <laughs> All right. Greg, uh, thank you for being on Be- uh, Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, yeah. and joy in your life like never before, my friend. Thank you. And peace to you. It's been an honor to be here. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked, and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.